Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this installment of the Rosen Diardo Show. My name is Brian Diardo, and uh, Brian Rosen, who will be uh, your formal host, will be calling in in just a few moments. Got a lot to talk about. Um, I'll get something off my chest real quick before Brian jumps on and kind of takes over the podcast. Um, you know, my, my big thing, uh, being a Steelers writer, it's been the Antonio Brown social media thing. And to be quite honest, um, you know, people have been asking me, uh, is this going to affect the team? Is, you know, is this uh, – it was a distraction, and in all honesty, um, this would have been nothing if the media wouldn't have gotten a hold of it and if it just would have died. But, but really, to me, you know, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, will it affect the team? I mean, that's to be determined. It's how the team handles it today, tomorrow, Friday. Um, I just think that it's a shame in, in today's day and age that there's not more of an emphasis of, you know, we what, why do we have to pounce on, you know, every little thing that athletes do? I mean, Antonio Brown made a big mistake, and I, I don't think there's any, um, you know, debating in that, that he made a big mistake uh, in that he's paying for it. But to me, you know, as a member of the media, you know, I didn't initially didn't want to, uh, you know, write the article about it. I didn't want to show the video. I, I, did, I just wanted to leave it alone. Um, then initially – I just wrote, you know, just one quick story about it, and then the next morning I woke up and it just blew up. But, but to me, I didn't like that. The media just grabbed this thing like vultures, and then before you know it, it's all over everywhere. And it would have been nice. Um, I know I'm going to come off as a hypocrite because I know that our station played everything. But, uh, you know, I, for one, you know, would have it would have been nice if somebody just would have said, hey, you know what, we're not going to show this because, you know, it wasn't intended to be shared with us. Um, yes, Antonio Brown messed up, but at the same time, we're going to honor what Coach Tomlin was trying to do. We're not going to expose the players that were naked, um, you know, to, to continue to have their bodies shown around, you know, society. I mean, millions of people have seen this video now. I mean, so, you know, and if Antonio just, you know, if they just would have asked him to take it down like he did and none, none of the media grabbed that video like vultures, uh, then, you know, I, I, think, I think at least 5 million people have seen it by now at least. But if, 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 all, if the entire media decided to write about it but not show it, um, then it, I, I, I guarantee you probably only, you know, maybe 100,000 would have watched it, which, which is still lots of people. And I, I could be off on that number. I just know that it was – magnified uh, by about 95% or you know, hundreds of percentages, uh, you know, it, more people saw it just because it was, uh, you know, shared by everybody, including my site, which I'm not necessarily proud of, but I don't have, uh, you know, the goal of my job yet to make those kind of decisions. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of lower on the food chain, unfortunately. So, you know, when I have my own platform, I can decide to say, hey, um, we're not showing this because it wasn't supposed to come out. Um, and I'm going to ask Brian about that when, when he comes on. But we'll talk about other things, uh, you know, just football in general. Um, you know, a bunch of, you know, two good games going on in the AFC playoffs. Kansas City Chiefs uh, are out. Uh, the Steelers beat them. And the Houston Texans are out. So that just leaves, you know, and in all honesty, I mean, were, was there any doubt really most of the season who the best two, two teams in the AFC were? I mean, uh, you know, uh, the Broncos, even though they lost some pieces to their defense uh, over the last year, um, you know, they, uh, you know, they just didn't have a quarterback, even though their defense continued to play well. Um, you know, they just 
They just didn't have a quarterback, and then they had all those injuries. So we actually have Brian here, and we're going to bring uh, Brian on right now. And, uh, hey, Brian, now, uh, you know, I was just talking to, to, you know, the people just before you jumped on, and, you know, you're going to take the reins tonight, but I wanted to kind of lead in uh, with this question to you. Um, and it's, it's about the Antonio Brown thing. Uh, here's honestly the, the main thing I wanted to talk about with that is that, as a member of the media, when it when it went out initially, um, I told my boss I didn't want to write it, and I don't think that the media should have preyed on that video like vultures, because yep. you know yes, Antonio Brown made a mistake, you know yes, it, it are it is our job as reporters to report the news, but I would have much rather have either sent just written the story as a straight news story and sent maybe a link to Brown's page, so if you really wanted to see, it, you could go there. Um, or just not write, not not show the video at all. Um, but I I think the worst thing that happened in this, yes, Brown Brown's video was terrible, and you know, you know, and I think that the worst part of it, not just Tomlin, you know, obviously showing what Tomlin had to say about New England, but I mean, there were naked players walking around that who have wives and girlfriends and family members, so that was I'm sure very embarrassing. And I thought, to be honest, Brian, it, it was despicable that the media, including my media outlet, which you know I'm going to come off as a hypocrite, I was disgusted that they, uh, you know, decided to run with it like this. Because ESPN, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. Because the Steelers literally, I mean, he posted that probably, you know, around like, I don't know, uh, 1130, 11.45 at night. And I think it was deleted yeah. around maybe 5 or 6, 7 in the morning, somewhere around there. I bet you maybe 100 to 200,000 people would have watched it, maybe around that time. Uh, millions have seen it now. And a lot of it, most of it, is because of the media backlash. And that's where I think the media has played uh, – the media has gone out of control. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any issue on how the media covered it? Because, you know, honestly, we probably both agree with how Antonio Brown it was stupid. I don't think there's any doubt there. I don't like how the media handled it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting that I didn't think much about it from that standpoint. But ultimately, I thought that he was having fun. You know, like, yeah, he should yeah. be doing it. Let's not get all crazy here. There's enough BS in the world. Do we really need to make this? A good, yeah, so I agree. I think the, the media overplayed it, and this is – coming off the cuff because off the cuff because ultimately I haven't thought about this at all until you just mentioned it, but that's my initial reaction. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that it was, he should have done it and ultimately it's on him because it's everyone. It's on, you know, I believe very much in personal responsibility, especially when it comes to professional athletes and, you know, ultimately, it's on Antonio Brown for doing it because you have to be cognizant of you know that you don't have your own private anything. Like, you just don't. It, it sucks, but that's the reality with today. I mean, media outlets are so many of them. People need video. If you put it out there for 10 minutes, it's going to be out there. You know, it's just the way the way it works. So, I think an unfortunate situation, but thought it was kind of fun. Didn't really, you know, think it was that big of a deal. Uh, getting to the game, though, the AFC Championship game, and I was, you know, sitting there, you know, thinking about this game. I'm trying to think of like a proper way to describe or a good analogy to describe what it's like to have two teams you just don't like at all playing, and one of the teams has to win, you know, and one of the teams has to lose. I guess it's cool one of the teams has to lose, but every year same story. But there's a reason because you know the two best organizations in the AFC 
uh, the you know Patriots and the Steelers. Here, here we go again. Um, the Broncos are close behind there too, and obviously have had a lot of success recently. But what, you know, what are your thoughts heading into this game in in Foxborough? The spreads are pretty much the same for every game. It's around five and a half. Standard is typically you know around three. So I think reasonable spreads, and uh, so I think clearly. Patriots are our favorite, but not a heavy favorite. What, what do you what do you foresee happening on, on uh, Sunday? You know what's funny? Um, to me, this is you know a lot of people are talking about the quarterbacks. You know, it's Ben versus Brady, and it's this and that. And to me, that's that's funny because honestly, I don't think it. it you know, New England Brady's probably the best player they have, um, probably. You know, I know I, he is. I mean, the guy threw two picks this year. That's, that's as Mike Tomlin said, crazy. <laughs> but Ben is not the Steelers' best player anymore. He's their most important player. I think he's their most uh, impactful player or maybe inspirational player. I mean, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. He didn't lose that. But, you know, last year was Ben's best season ever as a Steelers quarterback. He's gotten one year older, one year more brittle. He doesn't have the same weapons. The offense isn't built the way it was last year. I mean, last year it was – you could throw it deep to Martavis. You could throw it deep to Antonio. Ben had, uh, or you know, uh, Heath Miller, his, his most reliable target his whole career. Um, you know, this year it's not really the same. And, and when they got to four and five, it was well, you know, we're just going to go back to old school Jerome Bettis football. We're going to, I mean, this this offense, it's it, it's predicated on Le'Veon. And I said it on my Facebook live show tonight. I did not get as many viewers as Antonio, but that's all right. Um, you know, it was dignified. But I said, you know, you know, yeah. that that's the Steelers' recipe to success. And, and and honestly, like, I thought about on both sides what Bill Belichick's going to do. It's unequivocally, it's easy to me that they will try to take away Le'Veon Bell. I mean, to me, that's, that's what they're going to do. Um, he's their best player, and that's what New England does. I think, and, and, and to be honest, uh, Antonio's had very good games against New England. I know, I know he's had at least 100 yards. Uh, the last two times he's faced them, I think he did really well against them in 03, um, or I'm sorry, 2013. But they don't care. I mean, and that's the thing that, that makes, I think, Bill Belichick amazing as a coach, is that normally in these games, you know, he'll let certain players do what they do. I mean, he, it's almost like, you know, we'll let, you know, we'll let this guy do this, but we're not letting this person do this. And, you know, you look back to his times in, in Super Bowls when he was, uh, the defensive coordinator in Super Bowl 25, uh, you know, he let Thurman Thomas run wild, but he wouldn't let Jim Kelly really throw it. And then, you know, 11 years later, the head coach of the Rams, I mean, he didn't, uh, he totally changed it. He was like, we'll let Kurt Warner throw for a million yards, but we're going to abuse his receivers. We're going to hit him. But the main thing is we're going to stop Marshall Falk. I mean, so it, to me, it, it's very, very obvious that they're going to stop Bell, which I guess, Brian, oddly, kind of makes Ben the most important player in this game because I don't think that Bell is going to go nuts. If, if if Bell does what Bell has been doing, the Steelers will win this game. I don't think there's a doubt. I, I really don't. You know, I, I, I the Steelers are the better team, and you know, talent wise, they're the better team. There's the Patriots don't have anybody as good as the, the Steelers players across the board, and even on the defensive side, like McCourty's good, Ninkovich is good. Um, the Steelers just have better – I mean, I would put Ryan Shazier as the most athletic player on the field 
when New England's offense and Pittsburgh's defense are on the field. And, and, you know, you being an Ohio State guy, you know how good Shazier is. Um, but to me, it's just New England, man, they're, they're like the Soviets, you know, in the movie Miracle, man. They're just so technically sound. Um, you, you just you can't, you can't make the little mistakes. And that's probably the one reason why if I, if I was to pick the Steelers to lose, which I'm not, but if I was, it would be that. They, they, they really, you know, they make a lot of mistakes. They shoot themselves in the foot quite a bit. And um, they've just been good enough during this winning streak to overcome it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they're going to have enough to get past that final hurdle. So those, those are kind of my thoughts, uh, you know, quickly. I mean, I, I, could, I could delve more into it, but I want to give, I want to give you the mic. What, what do you think about that? I mean, about Le'Veon and, and, and what do you think the key is in terms of, you know, more and more on Pittsburgh's side? Yeah, it's funny. No, I, I, was, I was thinking about this game. That was the exact context. I was thinking that uh, you have ultimately every position, really, the only position where New England has an advantage is a quarterback. And while right. Tom Brady is tremendous, absolutely tremendous, it's still him against an, a fellow Hall of Fame quarterback. I just, you know, Brady's better. Um, but they're both great players, and Brady's at home, which is nice. The only thing that I think you can't quite discount with the Patriots, though, is they do have some very solid players. I mean, Julian Edelman is better than anybody the yeah. Steelers have in the passing game, not Antonio Brown, for instance. So, you know, I mean, Chris Hogan played, you know, has played pretty well. Uh, yep. You know, they, they find a way, it, it, it seems, to, you know, put together some solid players. And, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, is he a great player? No, but he's a, definitely a very solid back. So, they... It, Ultimately, I, I, I think it's going to be a great game. But I, I agree. I, I like the Steelers because ultimately it, you just you have such a talent, to, a talent at receiver, and such a talent running back. As you said, that that's not something that the opponents have. And with the Patriots not being able to match that, that's you know I, I, I think the poise for uh, an upset here potentially. So uh, I do want to talk about. The NFC Championship game for sure, but we're going to bounce around here a little bit in this currently unnamed podcast. We're looking for names, so if you are listening, you know, shout out, let us know. But uh, I did want to want to I, as one thing, one kind of brief rant I want to go on, and you're welcome to chime in, Mr. Diardo. But I, I definitely need to talk to you, and then I want to talk Cavs Warriors, and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, so, so the, as of us doing this podcast. Uh, you know, Wednesdays when we're, when we're recording this. The Baseball Hall of Fame today inducted some new members and some very deserving members. Tim Raines, very happy for last year uh, ever having an opportunity to be on the ballot. Deserved to be in previously. Uh, second best private lead outfitter ever. Uh, so that's definitely significant. So, you know, props to him. Uh, you have Jeff Bagwell, definitely deserving, you know, being a Hall of Famer. Great, great player, you know. So, ultimately, you have this Hall of Fame class that is is great. It's very talented. I got a ton of respect for it. But my issue, big issue with the Hall of Fame, is that, you know, Pudge Rodriguez is the other guy who was in. And I left him to last for a reason. Because this is somebody that, you know, there's, you know, legitimate questions. Uh, 
steroids or not. Uh, it wasn't proven in, in, in the way that the others were, but I feel like you have to make a decision ultimately about, uh, and, and, and it also speaks to the fact that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are creeping up a little bit, that if you're going to vote for someone who took steroids, that's fine. But vote for every deserving Hall of Famer who took steroids. Don't say we're going to go Roger Clemens, we're going to go Barry Bonds, but we're not going to go like Manny Ramirez. And obviously that's my specific bias here. It's frustrating to me. But I, I, I just don't get it to me. And Manny Ramirez is definitely a Hall of Famer. You know, he, his career average is around 312. That's the exact number. But a really tr- incredible hitter, great, great hitter, home runs, RBIs, even with the steroids and in that era, this is still someone, if you're going to put a steroids guy in, you have to put Manny Ramirez in. There's no, there's no choice. There's no choice. It's really frustrating to me. And I guess I'm also, it's not so much with Pudge as I'm getting pre-frustrated. Because I know that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are going to get in, and I, I don't have a problem with that. Because they're great. They're incredible. But I just think that if you're going to be in a position where you're, you're going to let cheaters in, you have to let all deserving cheaters in. So if you have something that, you know, Brian, you'd like to add on that, definitely. But otherwise, uh, I do want to get your opinion on the Cavs-Warriors. The Cavs were uh, crushed. The Cavs, you, uh, as often as I want to talk about, the Cavs uh, weren't all that serious about it, and I don't care at all that they got crushed for the second year in a row on Martin Luther King. So those are the two things. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, real quick on the baseball. Um, yeah, I mean, my my thing with the baseball thing is this, that, and it's weird. It's weird, and you might not agree with me, but, like, my thing is, like, if there were suspicions that you were doing it your entire career, then I it, it would be hard for me to put you in the Hall of Fame based on, like, if you were aided your entire career. Obviously, you were going to get the major leagues, and obviously you are probably still – you know, an all-star caliber player, but to really be a Hall of Famer, knowing you did steroids most of your career, or at least at the pinnacle of your career, that would be hard. And, like, case in point is, like, Barry Bonds versus, you know, Sosa, where Sosa was a very nice player until he took steroids, and he went from, like, you know, he had had 40 home, one 40 home run season, I think, in his first nine seasons. And then all of a sudden, he had all those 60, he had, what, three or four, six, I think he had, what, at least four seasons with 60 home runs. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I think, what, 66 and 63 back-to-back years, you know. But then Barry Bonds, for example, you know, his whole Pirate career, and then even the first, what, two, three, or four years with the Giants, you know, didn't do steroids. I mean, I think everybody would agree with that. I think it was, what, 98, 99 when he, when he kind of entered that arena, which meant he was already in the league for 12, 13 years. Um, now, obviously, the last, you know, eight, nine years of his career, which were incredibly lucrative statistically, and I'm sure financially, you know, that's what people really remember. But he was already a Hall of Fame player, and he let that take him to a new level. And that's why, you know, so I think Bonds is a Hall of Famer. I don't think Sosa is. Um, I would have no problem with Sosa making the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he is one just because of, of that fact. And McGuire, I'm going to be totally honest with you, and I, you're more of a baseball guy than me, so you know, I would be more curious to see what you have to say about McGuire. He, to me, is a pure coin flip because I think he he had won a World Series with the A's, but I think he had been juicing that whole time too. But, like, he's just such a coin flip to me because I think he would have been really good anyways. I just think that he, you know, just obviously like Sosa, but I think he, his body of work was a little stronger to me. But, uh, you know, with the Cavaliers, though, 
Um, I'm gonna be honest, man. I actually, and I, maybe you can help me, you know, talk me off the ledge a little bit. Um, I don't take a lot of stock into the, into the 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 Cleveland or the the Golden State game, but I will say this: um, I feel like last year losing to Golden State was part of the process of becoming a champion, and this year, like every team needs to have their adversity before they win a championship. Cleveland's was obviously Black got fired, which God, I mean that's what a year now is that it's already passed a year ago, right? Yeah, we're just yeah, we're just a little bit over a year at this point. That's crazy. Yeah, so but that was the Cavs' turmoil. You know, they got smashed by Golden State, Black gets fired, then they lose to the the Bulls again, and, and a lot of people were jumping ship. And then you know a little bit later they beat uh, a week or two later they beat uh, the Spurs, and everything was good again. But um, kind of makes me ask you to kind of kick it back to you. It, it does concern me a little bit because it, 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 it honestly it, it bit the, currently. In my opinion, currently as the Cavs are built, they're they they're not they won't be Golden State. In my opinion, just based on how they're built right now, um, you know, Cor- Corver's still learning the offense. I know that there's still some point guard things to iron out, and J.R. Smith hasn't been completely healthy. Well, he hasn't been healthy, um, but that's okay. I mean, I, I you know I think there's the half glass full and there's the half glass empty. The half glass you know full, half full gave you the excuses I just gave you, but the empty one would say, you know, where's their answer to Durant? Where's their answer to, you know, everything that Golden State has? Because they're obviously going to get better too, um, you know. But I don't know. It, it, it's just funny to me because I, I do agree with you. I don't think it's a big deal, but I'll kind of hand it back to you by, by kind of just saying that, you know, when are the Cavs going to hit there? Like, like when will, what, what, will have, what will have to happen, Brian, for LeBron to stand up and say, Okay, this is bad. We need to get it together. Like, what? What would that? What would have to happen? Would it be three losses in a row, four losses in a row, like losing by thirty to Toronto one night? Like, what would that be for you? Like, do you think? I I honestly am not sure. I I, I just think that look, J.R. Smith was the most consistent defender, truly consistent perimeter defender that the Cavs had last year. So I don't think that you can at all undervalue him coming in late because of his agent, Rich Paul, loves to, to pull this BS where he waits when there's zero leverage for his client, and he ends up getting a great deal, but he waits so long it's unnecessary, and maybe it's on the Cavs a little bit too with Tristan Thompson and, you know, previously, and, and then J.R. Like, <laughs> it's insane. But you're missing a really, a really key player, and, but the key comes down to it's, ma- it's matchups. I was sitting there laughing, you know, I, during that game, Channing Frye and Kyle Korver were on the floor together a lot. And they were force-feeding Kyle Korver, like just trying to get him going. That's all they were trying to do. It's like a spring training game when right. you've got a yeah, pitcher in there. care how many runs he gives up. He just, it's just a breaking ball that day. So you see a great pitcher gave up, you know, five runs in the inning, like, oh, my God, what's wrong? It's because the guy threw one pitch the entire time because he's just working. So, look, obviously it's a little bit more than that. It it does matter a little bit. It matters from the Golden State perspective. They needed to get the monkey off their back after losing four in a row, and they were feeling it and were not really defended very well, and they were an elite team. So, of course, they're going to do that. Um they did it last year on, on MK Day. That was a much bigger deal, I think, given that the Cavs had done this. 
Um, but, you know, health is going to be the key. I think they are, again, adversity, I think not having JR, uh, you know, they already, I think did, you know, I, I don't know what kind of role, if any, Mike Dunleavy played, but it's kind of weird to have a guy, he's on the team, and he was terrible, but he gets traded. That, every player coming and going changes the locker room. I think Corver will be a great addition. And I just think Corver's going to be, you know, a lot like Channing Fry last year, uh, where he's going to be so money for the Cavs leading into the finals. And then the finals are going to come, and you're just not going to be able to play him that much. You're just not. And that's okay. You accept that. You're going to have to be very sporadic with the amount you're going to be able to put Kyle Korver on the floor, you know, considering the fact he's, you know, not a complete liability defensively, but pretty close, and he's older. And against that team and their weapons and their starting line of end on their bench, probably not a fit. And he played a ton. So I think that's, that's the, the sort of perspective I think you have to consider in that game. It would be, a little, I think, unfair of me to completely discount what you're saying and to not say, look, of course it's got to matter a little bit. And definitely Golden State, like I said, they're feeling good. They, got, they, they, they play great. Look, if, if there's a certain level of hotness on that team that if they do get to, yeah, you're probably not going to have win a championship, anybody. Um, but that's hard to do when you have to put the effort defensively that's out there. Um, I think that, yeah, Cavs definitely definitely get a backup point guard. Not going to be anybody special, most likely. That's, I would, obviously, it'd be great to get someone very solid, but I'm not expecting it. And I can live with that because it's just not going to be, I think, a huge deal. Once we get, you know, JR back, come the playoffs when LeBron is, you know, ball down and, you know, <laughs> so often that is it really going to make that much of a difference? In, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but someone to help out, be, be an option. I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's D.J. Augustine in a trade. You know, Jared Jack's been mentioned. He was terrible when he was on the Cavs the first time, but it was a different situation. So who's it going to be? I, I don't know. Not anybody to be super excited about. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's, that's obviously a, a lot. What, what are your thoughts on uh, you know, the Cavs and, and – and, my sort of take on the second installment of this great rivalry for this regular season. Wait, hey, oh, you're going to the rivalry. Oh, they would do it. I, I thought that was funny, too. We, we, I would love to talk to you about that, the whole rivalry thing I'm sure you've heard of where they don't want to call it a rivalry, Kirk called it a rivalry, but it's a rivalry. I don't care what they want to say, but I think them not calling it a rivalry makes it a rivalry more because that, that just upsets Golden State people that are like, just shut up and accept us. Like, we're your rival. Like, let's, let's roll with it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. My, real quick, I, I will say one thing, too. Um, a great point on the Corver thing. Because like you said, I think sometimes in regular season games, you know, that's the beauty of not caring if you and, – and, like, you know, the, the Cavs already know, like, they're not going to be – they're probably not going to get – they're not going to get home court from Golden State. I think they already know – you know, they'll have to go on the road and, and they'll have to start the finals there and all, all that jazz. Um, but I think that, you know, the, I, and I do like that. They're experimenting right now. They're trying to get those things going. They didn't mind they were going to lose because they just needed to get quarter shooting and get in a rhythm in that stadium because they know when they're back in that arena at some point, they're going to have to have him do something. Um, they want him to have good memories from there. But uh, the bench, they, you know, and again, I don't watch them nearly as much as you. And obviously, I'm not them a lot now I, I plan on really kind of ramping it up when the Steelers decide that they want their season to be over uh but you know the bench has got to be I think maybe more important now in LeBron's career more than ever because 
you know, I'm 31, he's 32, I know how different, I mean, it's funny because when LeBron came to Cleveland, I remember thinking, okay, well, he's going to be 30 this year, so he might have a few peak seasons left, but, like, there will be a point when he, I don't know what's going to happen with LeBron, because to be honest, you know, what, it's crazy, because the only player we can compare him to is Kobe, because Jordan had years off, and Jordan, you know, played in college, LeBron didn't, but, like, you know, Jordan's body almost honestly, like, never, I mean, the weird thing about Jordan was he had tendonitis at age, you know, he started to get tendonitis problems uh, the year he won his first championship. Like, I think it was, like, late 90, early 91, he started to get tendonitis, but it never really got worse until, like, he, his wizard days when he was, like, 40 years old, but, like, you know, it just never really got worse, though, so he just kind of played through it the rest of his career and won all his championships, which makes it even more remarkable. Um, you know, LeBron doesn't even, to our knowledge, even have those issues. Um, so you start to wonder, and I think that's one of the reasons why he left Miami, to be honest with you, because he was, you know, I remember watching, you know, quite a few games when it would be like a Tuesday night, Dwayne Wade would be wearing a suit, and so would Bosh, but LeBron would be out there, and it's like, why is LeBron out there? And he was their mule. I mean, he was their rented mule that, you know, and he got tired of that. He's like, listen, like, I'm LeBron James. Like, I don't, if I don't want to play on the second night of a back-to-back, like, I shouldn't have to be expected to. And I think there it was like, you know, they had the talent where they could have, you know, put in someone else to replace, you know, it obviously wouldn't have been LeBron, but they could have gotten by with Chalmers running the offense and being the, the man or whatnot. But, you know, that's the thing I worry about here is that, you know, he can get more rest. Because, I mean, again, you would know better than me. He's missed maybe, what, maybe two games this year. So uh, maybe more, but I think probably about two, which sounds right. So uh, that's my thing with LeBron. I mean, I I think – but he's also very smart, you know, because Kobe broke down, started breaking down at 34, um, you know, which is only two years away for LeBron. But I don't think that will happen to LeBron just because of how well he treats his body. Um, And I think he doesn't – you know, Kobe was Kobe only played basketball one way, and I, I think LeBron will adjust himself. But um, I agree with you, man. Like, I don't, I don't think there's really anything to be worried about if you're a Cavs fan. And really, like, if you get to the finals with Golden State, it's best of seven. Anything can happen. We saw that last year. Um, and honestly, like, I mean, you think about all the great players Golden State has, but then you look at the Cavs, and it's like, okay, you know, who in a seven-game series can beat LeBron James, J.R. Smith? Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving. It's pretty good. <laughs> you oh. know no, I mean, I don't know who can beat them. So, you know, what do you think about the rivalry? Like, what's up with that? Like, Well, first of all, I I, I, I want to correct you. You said if, if if that's the finals matchup. So, it's it's over. Uh, we knew this started last year. Really? You think you know, there's over. anybody in the West that can beat them? No. Uh, I hope that they get to play San Antonio. Uh, I don't think Houston will beat them, but, man, Houston's had a great year, so it's possible. I really, 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 really care about seeing it. Just one time, make those guys have to go through the best coach, you know, a couple of Hall of Famers out there, a top five player in the league in Kawhi Leonard, uh, a, a top what, one, two, three power forward in, in basketball, um, in LaMarcus Aldridge. So, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's over. It's going to be those two teams. Uh, definitely going to be the Cavs, that's for sure. I'd be shocked if it wasn't the Warriors. I expect it to be there, you know, deserving to be there. But I don't know. I, I, I think it's – I don't think there's a question. But rivalry-wise, 
no offense. I think we can be honest about it. The players, there's gamesmanship. There's all this talk. There's really only a very small portion of time, and we were able to experience it. It was beautiful. Where you can safely talk a lot of smack, like a ridiculous amount of it. If you're a LeBron James, you don't get that chance very much. You got like around the, like as soon as you win, you've got that grace period for a little bit where anything goes pretty much. And that's that happened. And so you have to be very cognizant now of what you say. And LeBron, we always know with LeBron, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all. I mean this because he's a smart guy. Everything is calculated with him. LeBron, nothing LeBron does does he do without thinking and without considering the ramifications of it. Uh, it maybe the decision was last time. I guess he, that was the last time he did. But I'll tell you, for the most of his career, he's a mature guy and he's a smart guy, and he knows what, what makes the most sense for his brand and LeBron James as a basketball player and, and everything else that entails. Uh, I don't worry about him, his ability to take care of himself either because he is, he is just such a tank. And I think he'll get, he'll get his rest. Ultimately, the Cavs will go up enough games. As of the time, again, this podcast, the Cavs were, I believe, three games up in the loss column, which is always what I mentioned because that's the only thing that matters. I think it's, they're technically two games, but they're three, maybe even four games up in the loss column over Toronto. Uh, Toronto lost to a future scary, scary team in Philadelphia 76ers. They get a point guard, and they develop a little more because they, they've won seven and nine and could end up sneaking in when it's all said and done to a playoff spot. That's, that's a whole other discussion. Um, so, you know what? Rivalry-wise, definitely. And LeBron health-wise, hey, no worries here whatsoever at this point. Um, I do want to get back to football. Uh, I want to talk about the NFC Championship. Really great matchup. I'm excited about it because you've got in Atlanta a team that is not doesn't really get here. Uh, they often lose in the first round or don't make the playoffs, and not nothing against them. They've had a fantastic season, and they earned a really unique opportunity that they're going to get. You know, the game played at home. They're going to get a home game in the NFC Championship game, and especially against the, the Green Bay Packers. Man, is that huge. Uh, and they face the hottest team in either league, I would say. I think that's probably fair. Uh, the, the Green Bay Packers, the Giants are out, and they were really hot. Um, so, you know, you've got a very, in, you know, interesting match. Aaron Rodgers went from truly looking like, man, like I, I had doubts for the first time about could this guy continue to play at the same level. And then he goes out, and, and really after the first couple of weeks, was as good as he ever has been. The guy's ridiculous. He played so great. It's another team similar to the Patriots and, then, and the Steelers, too, I think. Uh, you know, maybe to a little bit of a lesser extent. I don't know if it's your opinion on it. They just find a way, guys that just turn into really good receivers for them. I mean, they just do a really good job for them. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. We actually have a caller, Brian, if you want to get him on the show. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you take the caller and then go ahead and um, and you definitely want your take on the NFC Championship game, too. Hey, you're joining uh, the Rosen and Diardo show. Uh, how may I help your call? 
Hello? Hello. Oh, how yeah, how, yeah. how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I think I got the wrong number. Oh, I think I got the wrong number. You too. Yeah, that's well, Brian, actually really funny. That, hey, our yeah. first call couldn't have been better. Wait, the way, no, the way no, I answered fine. it and that it was the wrong number. Oh, that was amazing. Look, we are definitely, this is 100% going to be heard. I just want you to know that. Um, we did a practice one, in all honesty. Those years last week, we need to have this heard. That uh, was so funny. Uh, <laughs> that was so, so funny. Someone uh, automatically called. And I was just messing with you, but it, but it, it was funny. You did answer very similarly. Oh, terrible. To, I went back to like, you know, when I go, when I go That was awful. Yeah, when I go into, when I go into the drive through, I have the same. Yeah. So you you were you were talking about you were talking about right no you know the NFC game you know like I don't know who I want to see win this game it's weird because you know I guess for me I've become more of like a players guy as I've gotten older like I I I kind of root for players and it's weird because it's like I like Devontae Freeman I like a lot of the guys on I mean I love Julio Jones I like Matt Ryan like a part of me thinks like It'd be exciting to see, you know, a new team in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Atlanta hasn't been there in 20 years. They haven't ever won it. Uh, Matt Ryan's ever been there, so that'd be a good story. Um, you know, from a Steelers standpoint, if they made it, I, and the Falcons' defense isn't that good. You know, but, you know, you think about Green Bay, it's, it's Green Bay. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's, you know, can they really pull it off when, like, this team was 4-6 and six and they weren't any good and, you know, the Steelers won nine in a row going into Sunday, and Green Bay's won eight in a row. Um, people forget that the Steelers have won more in a row, but I, I think it's just the dominance that Green Bay has won. I mean, the Steelers, you know, they beat uh, Miami pretty handily, but not the way that, that uh, you know, Green Bay beat New York, and Miami was playing with a backup quarterback, and, you, you know, the, the, the uh, Giants were playing with Eli Manning, who would probably be in the Hall of Fame, whether he should or should be, you know, not for right now, um, but... It's weird. I don't know who I want to see win. I will say this. I do think it's going to be a very exciting game. Like I, I don't see this game being, you know, 40 to 13 uh, Packers or something like that. Like, and it's funny because this is the game that, that I would still say is the best game Rodgers has ever had was the divisional round against uh, Atlanta in 2010 when he, I think it may have been like 30 three of 36 passing or something like that. I mean, it was an unbelievable completion percentage, over 90%, uh, and it was amazing. So, I mean, who do you like in this game? I, I mean, I, I want to say you're a Packer guy, but I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I mean, no, and normally in these situations, too, like do you go for the team that, that traditionally goes, or do you do you like to see the new, the new kids on the block make it in? Yeah, I think that you frame that perfectly. I mean, that's what it comes to. I'm going to end up rooting for the Packers. Uh, yeah, the Packers are, I mean, they are so lovable. If you're a fan of a team in that division, it sucks. Because you obviously can't like the Packers. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, they're, they're, Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Uh, great, obviously ridiculously talented. Great player. Seems like a good guy. Uh, you know, decent commercials. Not on the Peyton Manning level at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> tremendous. And... That team is a Midwestern team with great fan support, and that means something to me. Uh, it, it, that is always going to be important to me, uh, the, the, the better fan base. I, I love the idea kind of 
because I like a lot of those players you mentioned. The, key, the better players on Atlanta, I really like, especially Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan too. Uh, and that's not even against Devontae Freeman, but Matt Ryan's been through a lot and had a great year. Uh, but ultimately, it's Atlanta. They don't have the best fans. I mean, they got sort of bored with winning division championships, but not winning the World Series in baseball, which is uh, ridiculous <laughs> when, you, when you're that good. You know, they had some playoff games that didn't sell out. It was uh, ridiculous. And I already getting a new stadium, which is going to be the third stadium in my over 30 years on this earth, which is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that that's happening. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, who do I like? I'm going with the, with, with the Packers at this point because the experience, because they are so hot. I mean, their defense is doing what the Saints did, if you remember when they won the championship. The only way the Saints, they weren't a great defense. They gave up yards, but they got a lot of turnovers. So the, the, the Packers have to create some turnovers for them to, you know, be successful enough in, 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 in a lot of cases against real good competition. I think that's going to be the case again in this game. So I, I, it could go either way. I, I hope it's a great game. I really think both these games are going to be great games. I, don't, I really don't see why they shouldn't be. We've had a terrible playoffs. You know, last Sunday saved it. Both of the games on Sunday were great games. You know, uh, tremendous football games. You know, your game with the Chiefs, great game. The NFC game was a great game. So, uh, as a fan of football, being that both these games are good, there's a lot of potential there. And, uh, yeah, I think when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be what I would view as good versus evil and what you would view as, you know, good versus good or your favorite team against, you know, another team that you respect a lot. So I think it's going to be Packers. Let me ask you this. Who do you think most people around the country are going to cheer for, though? Would you argue that it's uh, New England or Pittsburgh? I wrote a call about this, and I kind of said that, like, I think a lot of people will actually be cheering for Pittsburgh that normally wouldn't because... Gotta be Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. In this game, because, honestly, because you're a good guy, like... That, and, and because I feel very differently, like I like people from Pittsburgh. I don't – I'm not going to say I don't, don't like people from, you know, Boston, but I – look, I'll admit I have an East Coast bias. So I'm just that's, – that's being real. Uh, not – don't feel – if I get to know you, I'm not going to immediately judge you. So I, I don't want to come off in that way. But ultimately, push comes to shove, I'd rather see a Pittsburgh team. I root – really do kind of root for the Pirates. And I don't root for the Penguins just because I, you know, root for the Blue Jackets and they're, you know, in the same division. Uh, so, to me, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, hey, I go for it and win. If you lose, whatever, you get a chance to relax a little bit. I know that that wouldn't be too depressing for you in that regard. But I hope you guys, you know, guys win. And certainly I'm not going to pretend like I will not be rooting for the NFC team in the Super Bowl. That's what happens most years. Um, so, for when, when you're a, a fan of a, a team that sucks and the same teams get in there, and you respect the organization, but obviously not fun to root for those, those same teams. Just as a fan of not the Steelers and Patriots, and, and I guess recently the the Broncos in the, in the AFC. So, um, how are we doing on on time? This is what happens when we're in two different places. Um, but how are we doing on time at this point? To be honest, we're good, man. We got about a little over sixteen minutes, so we are all good. Okay. We're entering the fourth quarter. So, yeah. So, I, I guess, is there anything else you want to add about the NFC? And if not, is there anything in particular that I, I went on my rant about the Hall of Fame? Um, anything in particular that is 
you feel like you want to talk about this, this, this sports world or even beyond. We don't always go even even beyond sports if you want. That that's it, it's your floor. I'm gonna say a few things real quick. I I do want to say one one last um, and this is probably me being over emotional, but you know honestly before I got my job, I had honestly no real feelings about Tomlin. He was just a coach. You know, I thought he was a good coach. He helped the Steelers win a Super Bowl. I didn't think he was really, really anything special, but I thought he was a good coach. And, you know, now that I, uh, you know, am covering this team, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of his. And, you know, he's a professional guy. He never makes excuses for his team. And I'll say this. It was a little uh, offsetting, off-putting how the Chiefs acted after the Steelers won. I mean, a few of their players ran up to Tomlin and were mouthing off to Tomlin, and Joey Porter had to get in the way. And, of course, the cameras see Joey Porter getting in a scuffle, and, and they're like, oh, it's, you know, Joey Porter's doing his Joey Porter thing and all that stuff. Uh, then after the game, not once did Andy Reid say, hats off to the Steelers, they played well. It was, you know, if anything, he, he didn't think that was a holding call, which I'm sure that, you know, you saw. Um and it's just like, give me a break. And I think, you know, it, it was just, you know, the fact that they – so anyways, yeah, I mean, that made me respect Tomlin more. And, 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 and no one will agree with me with this, but I don't care. I think if – I think right now coaches – I mean, I think there's a few – I think all the final four coaches right now could have an argument for coach of the year. But I think when you look at all of them, I think it should be Tomlin because, um, you know, or, or, or McCarthy, I think those are the only two. Because Belichick's proven he's a great coach. There's no surprise there. But with McCarthy and Tomlin, I mean, those are two coaches where I can't – I mean, I know both of them. When they had losing records, I mean, people were calling for them to be fired. And I don't think, and me included, most of us in our professions don't go day-to-day with the fear of losing our job if one more thing ha- you know, doesn't go our way. And you're relying on people half your age or even younger to do the job for you for validation of how good you are. So, uh, and I think that you, you'll get, you know, Thad Mott at Ohio state. I'm sure, you know, right now, like, I mean, dude, it's, I mean, it's, it's for, for, you know, for OSU basketball, it's heated here. People do not want to see Mata. I don't think coach anymore. Um, it's like, I guess if you want, I'm kind of taking us that way. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. People don't want to, uh, Mata as coach. And I don't really have any pulse on the OSU basketball scene anymore. Uh, but to me, it, it does seem like recruiting's dried up. Uh, but again, this is a guy that just what four or five years ago they were in the Final Four. So I don't think he should go anywhere. I think he's still the man for the job. I don't know how much you follow OSU hoops, Brian, or if you wanted to chime in. But but to me, it's kind of like what do you expect? Like you treat OSU basketball like a second-rate sporting event in in Columbus. Like what do you expect? Like I think recruits see that. So what are your thoughts? Do you agree with so, me on that? Like, I, I think you do, but what, what do you think? My interest in, honestly, not just Ohio State basketball, but like college basketball went down because I just, the experience was such a disappointment compared to what it should have been there. Uh, the shot is a really nice arena for what Ohio State is looking for out of basketball. It's big. It's like an NBA arena, uh, and they have plenty of room to put the people that spend the most money, especially for football, on the floor, and the students get shafted. Um, the environment is, is too good at the Horseshoe, and Ohio State fans are too good. Um, and I know that, you know, that there are enough students that are interested that it's just ridiculous. The layout of the stadium is awful. And so that takes a lot away. 
Uh, what I'll say about uh, Thad Mata, first of all, um, right before we, you know, we, we uh, recorded this, um, Ohio State actually had a pretty big injury on the road against Nebraska. That's two in a row against Michigan State and Nebraska. Uh, and I really don't watch very often. I really don't. I happen to be, you know, uh, on Twitter and saw a note that was close to the end of the game, and I watched the last, like, two and a half. So I'm not a, a, a huge fan. I think ultimately that, that there's that it's probably a level that Ohio State could get if they went a different direction. Than Thad Mata, but I don't. Think they're going to, I know they're not going to because his body of work is so good, and I'm fine with giving giving him some more time. I've never been a huge Thad Mata fan. I have a ton of respect for what he's done with the program. The consistency the program's had has been comparable to the best we've had, uh, with the exception of John Taylor and his, his teams. Um, Bill Taylor, excuse me. Like, like, like it, 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 and I, I might have messed that name up too. That's what's fun about a podcast. I don't, honestly don't even, don't even remember the great basketball coach. Is it Bill or John? Do you remember? To help me out of this uh, pickle. I think it was John. John Taylor. Okay, Bill Taylor's a terrible yeah. football player. The Browns drafted. Uh, so I don't know why why I, I, my brain went there. But John Taylor, yes. Anyway, uh, and also receiver for the uh, San Francisco Forty Nine and. and and, and another life. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point that, look, he's not going anywhere, number one. There's no way. And number two, I, I'm fine with keeping him at this point. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not, uh, I'm not, not sure at that point. Um, since we have a few minutes, I do want to say, you know, talk a little hockey. And I yeah. have to say, yeah, really, I we would. yeah, yeah, no, I want to hear your thoughts on casual hockey fan, I feel like I know more than some, probably a decent amount, but not more than than most, and a buddy of mine played hockey his whole life, so what he says, there's not much I can say, because in any sports direction, I feel completely confident based on my knowledge of the sport, and the knowledge of players, or whatever it may be, but hockey, I, I can't, I can't get to that point. Um, I, so, this guy was ripping mercilessly, mercilessly on Sergei Bobrovsky. He's a terrible goalie. And I was saying I've always been an all-star two of the last three years. It was the NHL Player of the Month in, in December. Uh, so I guess he maybe struggled a little bit early on in his career or whatever. But he was basically saying, no, he doesn't think the Jackets are going to make the playoffs. And that he, and he just thinks overall they're just not that good. You know, He doesn't think they've got a superstar. Uh, which I think they've got a couple of potential guys I feel like that, that, that could get to that maybe that level. But obviously he's a, he's a fan of the Washington Capitals, so they have Alex Ovechkin. I'm not expecting there to be an Alex Ovechkin. That would be absurd. You're a, a big fan of the uh, Penguins. They have Sidney Crosby. I'm not expecting Sidney Crosby to emerge on this team. There would be no way to reasonably expect that. Uh, but – I, 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 you know, it was just, it was interesting. So I guess I want your perspective on that, but it was a very humbling and a t- weird feeling for me to be in a sports discussion where I, I, was, I was almost like kind of sad. And I asked, I got my boss actually played hockey as well. And I asked him and, and he made, made me feel a little bit better. He, he thinks he'll definitely make the playoffs. I, honestly, I think he, that, that he was just maybe, you know, being a, a little arrogant about it. If you look at it, the Jackets are in very good shape. I mean, if they continue to, you know, 
win the game. If they win the games they're supposed to, they're definitely making the playoffs. How well they'll do, what seed they'll be, are they going to be in the top you know, three or four like they have been you know, lately with the streak? I don't know. I mean, let's just say for argument's sake that they're not. They're, I can't see how they would make the playoffs. I'm interested in your thoughts as someone that knows hockey, maybe not as, probably not as well as the guys I mentioned simply because they played hockey their whole life, and I know you didn't play hockey your whole life. But I know you do know the sport, and and definitely have an appreciation. Of it. So, what, what are your thoughts? well? It's funny because I I was at the game last night, and they were down one nothing early, and it was funny because I hadn't been to a game since the winning streak, and I saw the last night of the winning streak, the sixteen, and so that had only been two weeks. But the the guy I go with another coach, I coach on the side, and then you know. He was in such a relaxed mood during the winning streak that when I showed up, he was in a good mood. We got on the power play. We scored early, and he, he kind of called it. And then I showed up to this game, and the mood was tense. He was yelling again. And I'm like, man, you're like Old Ricker. That's his last name. I'm like, you've turned into Old Ricker where you're tense, and you're not letting the game come to you And just in terms of watching it from a hockey. You know, from, because hockey can be a frustrating sport to watch when you, when you want to will the action to happen. Sometimes you just need to let it happen when you watch and be patient. And – you could tell that after the winning streak, they they have been inconsistent. But that's I think that's definitely to be to be expected. And really, beyond the first loss when Washington just kind of hammered them, um, which was a good learning experience for them because because Washington up, definitely up the ante. And you know, and they're Presidents Cup champions, and there's a pride thing when you're an underdog at home right after you won the Presidents Cup. But I, I think that after they fell behind by one goal, they scored three goals in a six minute span including two in a minute span, I think, to close out the first. And at that point, it was over, and everybody kind of kind of sensed it. And, you know, they, they have a very good sense of where each other are. They can pass the ball well. And the biggest thing is their possession of the puck and their ability to keep it in the other team's zone is – I mean, that's that's the biggest thing I've learned watching hockey is it's really – the only sport, really, think about it. I mean, they, that that and soccer, where you can just say, we're not going to let the ball near our goal the entire game, and we're going to have the ball close to your goal the entire time. And if you do that, more often than not, you're almost always going to win. If the other team never has the puck, or if they never have it in your zone, I mean, the, that that's really because in basketball, you have to cross the timeline. You know, a football, you're going to punt, turnovers, whatnot, but you know, really in that sport, that's the key. And Bobrovsky's a great goalie. I mean, I, again, my I kind of have, like, my friend I look at as, like, the expert hockey guy. And I asked him last night, you know, and partially, you know, who is, you know, where would you put Bob with, with the great goalies in the league now? He goes, he's in the top three. I don't think he'd say number one. But, but for a younger guy, uh, I'll say this, he would be the Penguins' best goalie by a mile. And I think if the Penguins had Bob, and the other thing, I mean, look, you just have to look at Bob's record. Look at his record. There's no other goalie in Columbus Blue Jacket history that carries a career, a career like plus 500 record as the Blue Jackets goalie. Like, you know, that's all. I mean, because in all honesty, like, and, and, and there's so many sports where there's a lot of gray, you know, like even interceptions. Well, it could have been tipped or this or that, but, you know, that's one thing that, that is very black and white, in my opinion. A lot of times, wins and losses. Because if you can dominate net, you're going to win the game. It's, 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 and that's where goalies and pitchers, like people always say the quarterback is the most important position in, 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 in sports, which it might be, but 
and probably is, but but not far behind is goaltender or pitcher because you could honestly, and you know this, Brian. I mean, geez, I mean, you look at the Indians pitching. I know has done it at, at times, and, and definitely the Braves in the '90s and whatnot, and the and the Red Sox, you know, Diamondbacks in the last 20 years. You get a dominant pitching staff, you're you, you're definitely have a great chance to win uh, World Series. And you know, in hockey, if you have a goalie that's like, I'm not giving up any goals this whole series, uh, you're tough to beat. But uh, but yeah, I, I think for new hockey fans, you know, you you definitely just want to enjoy this, you know, because uh, I think that the winning streak has provided enough bumper that they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I would. They got less than a seven seed. I mean, even if they got an eight seed right now, I would say they fell apart a little bit. Um, they staggered to the finish. I would say the way they are now, I think it's at least a fifth seed is it should be expected. Um, I mean, now the question is, can you beat you know Pittsburgh? Can you beat New York? I mean, I think they can beat New York. I think they can beat anybody in a seven game series except for Washington and Pittsburgh. And I and I wouldn't put either of them past them. I don't think there's any team anymore with Columbus you just say, you know, no. But I mean what are your thoughts on Torts? I mean I guess I guess for me as a Penguin fan, like you're not supposed to like him. You know, but I like Torts. I mean he's and I don't even know what coach I would compare him to. Like what what do you do you like him? What what are your thoughts on him? Well th- th- that's the other thing is that, you know just, in, in him, and, you know, and this guy's sort of diatribe against the, the the jackets. He ripped on torts, and, and I mean, I think definitely, I know that the surroundings of him coming to Columbus off of a you know the World Championships and a horrible performance left some people doubting. But I think that okay, I don't know enough to know anything besides that there's a mentality that in every single sport is important when it comes to your coach. And there's a book of approach that your coach provides, and it goes down all the way, permeates throughout an entire team and really an organization in a lot of cases. And, you know, Todd Richards, the previous coach, was, was like a player's coach. Like, people love to play for him, nice guy, you know, all that. And ultimately, the team didn't push itself and, and reach its goals effectively enough. They get rid of him. They go with someone in Tortorella with a lot of experience. And can be a hothead, and has had some issues with some players, from what I'm, you know, from what I've been told during his career. But at the end of the day, the guy hates losing, and he has this team leaving and expecting to win every game, and just everything is going well. You've got young players playing to the best of their abilities. So I don't think you need to be an expert on hockey to say, boy, at least this year. The guy's doing a heck of a job. I mean, I can't imagine not, not a serious, if not the leading candidate at this juncture, you know, whatever, close to halfway through the season or halfway, wherever we're at. Um, I have to think he's got to be the coach of the year in hockey just because the Jacks have never done anything like this. And we'll see what happens and where, where the Jacks end up finishing by purpose. So, I don't know. I, I'm very I, excited. I do trust, as you say, that, you know, I, I should just enjoy the moment, and I'm going to, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I, I think, personally, to me, that's the best way to go because, you know, it, it's so many times in sports that and, – and I'll say this, you know, and, and we're a little over time right now. We might just kill it for a few more minutes if, you, if you're down with that, Brian. Um, You know, I'm down. 
Uh, cool. Well, to me, and, and honestly, I, I think Nick Saban or Belichick, it's either Saban or Belichick said it, where it's like, it was Belichick. Belichick said it. You know, there's a lot of good seasons that happened in the NFL. And if you don't win the Super Bowl, it doesn't mean your season was a failure. And I thought that was really telling coming from Belichick, a guy that you would assume that if you don't win it, he would look at that year as a failure. Um, and I honestly, I really do agree with him. Like, I really agree with Bill Belichick. And I even said, uh, you know, I said when the Steelers dropped to four and five, when I looked at kind of talent level and some of the injuries, I was like, you know, this team actually ended up winning this kind of a weaker division and record-wise. So I do think I do think Cincinnati was definitely better than their eventual terrible record where they what they were six and nine or five five nine and one I mean they had a bad record but I thought they were way better you know and Cleveland played hard almost every game or to me it looked like they played hard every game so they were you know obviously they didn't win many games but they were hard out for a lot of teams and you know gave you good effort and uh you know Baltimore you know they were Baltimore you know their offense was fly but they had excellent defense one of the best in, in the league but I remember saying you know this team gets to the second round of the playoffs um then, then they've then they've had a good season. So in my, they've already exceeded my expectation. I mean, they they're in the AFC Championship game. It's a great accomplishment. I think they're enjoying the moment, and I think it's a great moment for for this era of of Steelers. Um, you know, I told the Miami right today. I said I thought you guys had a good season, but and but but what, I guess where I'm getting at with this is, you know, you you look at the Blue Jackets, enjoy these moments when making the playoffs is. A, is an accomplishment. Enjoy that. Enjoy when, you know, like right now, they've never won a playoff series. Like, that's the beauty of, of an expansion team that's still within its first 20 years of existence is that there's so many, you know, firsts. Like, again, this would only be the third time to make the postseason. And then after that, it's can you win a playoff series? Then after that, it's can you get to the playoffs two years in a row? And then, you know, eventually it's to the point where it is with Pittsburgh again. This is now the second time in Penguin history the team has made the playoffs at least, you know, 10, 11 straight years. I mean, they've made it every year since 2007 when I was a junior in college. Like, they've made the postseason every single year. And after year two, it's lost its lust, which, again, is nice because that shows you that your team is, you know, it's raising its its expectation level. But um, but there were 5,000 empty seats last night. That disappointed me a little bit. But the fans that were there, you know, were good fans. But, uh, you know, but, yeah, I, I think it's, like I said, I mean, they're going to make the postseason, and I think that it's going to be something to look forward Did you ever watch a lot of the old NHL finals when you were younger? Like, what, what was a team – was there any team or player that you were into before the Blue Jackets kind of came to existence? So, I hate to say it, and, I, and ultimately I'm going to say not even proximity – some of the teams that I've liked, literally, you know, dating back like the Bills, for instance. Like, I love their uniforms. And you get swept in, 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 you know, the Buffalo Bills in football. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to hockey. Oh. I'm getting my hockey answer. I'm ashamed of it, so that's why I'm going to preface it really hard. Um, ultimately, I – comes down to sometimes, like, you like color, but I love, you know, I love red. I don't, I don't like color blue, but – the uniforms are awesome. Bill's uniforms are awesome, and they were at that time. They were a great team. So, they, you know, ultimately I became, for a lot of reasons, and moving forward I started to like, I, I always liked them because I, Buffalo and Cleveland, there's some similarities there. Um, and there's wings in both places, which there's no good wings in Colorado. 
know, it's very frustrating. But that's I had to throw that out there just because I miss the Winking Lizard so much. If you're in Cleveland, Columbus, anywhere, can Akron that has a Winking Lizard, if you're not uh, properly going there as much as possible, then, you know, that's sad. That's sad, man. I, I uh, go for me, you know, go for me. Sorry for I, getting there. I just, that's, that's where I had to go. But I, I think it might be, be uh, an appropriate ending place for us to talk, you know, talking about the Steelers. And, and I started thinking about Zeke specifically and the Cowboys. And I do want to talk talk about Zeke and, and sort of what you how you would feel as a fan about when you see a successful season for the Cowboys where they're at moving forward. They found their quarterback. Uh, it, it would certainly appear Zeke's incredible. Good up, you know, very good offensive line. Des, you know, very solid player. Their future's bright, so I assume that you would definitely say great season. Like there would be no reason to not go there. But when it comes, to you Zeke, know what's weird, Brian? I wouldn't. Call that a great season? It's weird because I don't like I don't look at them in the same light as the Steelers because I thought they kind of caught lightning in a bottle with this team, and I feel like in a place like Dallas, like it's only going to magnify and the microscope's only going to get tighter. I do agree with you. Like they have a young quarterback, a young running back. I mean, you could argue he's the best player in football. I mean, the best running back in football. I would. I mean, before this run, I would have said Zeke, but I, I definitely think now that Bell has the mantle, even though you could easily, like, hey, it's, it's flip a coin. It's 1-1-A regardless of who you go with. Um, but to me... Yeah, I, I, I have no it, problem with that. It's, it's weird with me, though, because it's like, it. yes, if you just look at what they did individually, like, you don't think about the history of Dallas and how they haven't, you know, they've won two playoff games since Super Bowl 30, which was a long time ago, and you know, you you know, you look at you know that the totality. Um, you know, if you take all that away, it wasn't a bad season. You know, they 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 went thirteen and three. It's tied for the most wins in franchise history. Um, you know, they got to the second round and lost to a franchise quarterback and battled it. It's definitely one of the most memorable playoff games. Uh, you know, over the last ten twenty years and maybe even beyond that. But uh, I don't know. You know, when when you're eleven and one, I think as they were at one point, you you're eleven and one. You know, you gotta just be thinking Super Bowl. You know, and and I feel like uh, when you allow yourself to think Super Bowl in the regular season, and you don't want a playoff game, I think it, there's definitely disappointment there. And I think on the flip side, like no one in Pittsburgh was thinking Super Bowl at any point after four and five. Even when we you know beat the Ravens on Christmas Day, it was. Well, this just got us into the tournament. Now we have to make noise. I feel like in Dallas, you know, it just depends whether you're a Dallas fan or not. Because I think in Dallas you're disappointed because as soon as you got, as soon as they started going eleven and one, it was Super Bowl talk constantly. And again, I think they had a good season. I think people should think they had a good season. Uh, but it, you know, unfortunately, it will you know in some eyes be branded as a failure because they they didn't win it. But you know, Zeke's a great player, and I thought. It was great to just let Zach play, Dak play out the stretch. It's weird because I think Romo w- wants to stay in Dallas and maybe compete for it, but they're not going to let him compete, and he wants to play. So uh, it sucks for him because, you know, what a weird career. I, I honestly don't know many other players I could compare uh, to the career of, uh, you know, Romo. Because, I mean, where would you put him with the best quarterbacks in football right now? 
Because Romo, I've always been a big Romo guy. I felt bad, you know, injuries, terrible offensive lines a lot of times in his career there, to be fair. Yeah. So that makes life very difficult for you. Um, big fan. I, I, Dak impressed me, though, a lot. So, I mean, I think that their future is very bright with Dak there. We'll see what, you know, what happens with Romo. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's tough, obviously, projecting with an injury and not playing for a year also. To follow, that hurts. That's that's not going to be easy for Romo to get back to being himself, and especially because it's an injury prone. The time off may help in some respects, but it's also going to, you know, like it's not as many hits, but it's also going to, you know, I think get back to effectiveness a little bit. So we'll see. Who's your MVP pick? I'm rooting for the guy. Who's your MVP pick? Uh, my MVP, I. I may have to Aaron Rodgers because I just don't. That's another team I think that you know, if the Packers make the Super Bowl, whoever they play, I don't think they're going to be the. They'll be the less talented team, especially if it's the Steelers. Um, I that's just my opinion, but they have some good players, obviously some very solid players, and they have an incredible quarterback who is playing at a level that gives them a chance to have it be enough to win it all. And I don't want to take a, you know completely take away the rest of their team. Their defense is Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery's been tremendous for them. What a great story! And and and, a, and I think how could you not be happy for that guy? Uh, you know, going a chance to to be a running back uh, and doing a great job. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I living in Denver, I'll tell you. I just think it makes too much sense. Uh, if I'm the Broncos, I'm doing everything I can because I can not waste a defense that's this good. Uh, you only get so many years. You've got Von Miller, who's the best player defensively, I think, in the league outside of J.J. Watt. Guy's unbelievable. And just a great defense, top to bottom. Tremendous secondary with Chris Harris and the kid to leave. Um, you know, Gaps, even, you know, Bradley Roby's done a nice job. Uh, it, it's well, You could go on and on about that defense. And the potential is there for them. So I, I think that's for Romo would be great, and for the Denver Broncos, even and I'm not a Denver Broncos fan by any stretch of the imagination, just saying, I think that's your situation. I'm, I'll, I am, as a fan, curious to see will that happen because it'd be very intriguing to watch. It is intriguing to watch, but you know, you know, and and, and picking the AFC and NFC championship games, you know what? It, it's weird because I, I think the one I don't want to see would be the one – well, I think the, my least favorite would be – I don't even know if I'd say that because initially I was going to say Falcons-Patriots, but I would be cheering for the Falcons. So, actually, I would be okay with that. I think Packers – you know, everybody, I think, wants to see Packers-Patriots. I don't necessarily, obviously. Um, anybody the Steelers play, I, I will be down for. But, um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I'm, like I said at the beginning, you know, I'm glad that uh, we're getting a new team in there. I think it's going to be that's going to kind of spice some things up and and you know I don't know like with 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 the Dallas it, that's finally the hope that you know there's a new generation coming up because honestly there really aren't a lot of good young quarterbacks anymore I mean honestly look at the Final Four it's all everybody's over I believe everybody's over yeah everybody's easily over thirty like there's not even any thirty one year olds in there like everyone's over thirty oh Matt Ryan's thirty one okay but I mean everybody's over thirty. They've been in the league, you know, probably combined, you know, 40 years pro- easily with, with Roethlisberger and, and, and Brady there. Um, and, you know, they they lead teams that have been built around them. So, 
that just shows you in the NFL what you have to have the win. And, uh, I mean, but then there's the Romos and the Rivers that just never had this kind of, uh, you know, kind of release. Um, Brian, it's getting around my bedtime, man. I'm a, I'm a lightweight now. I want to end on this. I'm going to tell you real quick my most hated moment in sports. And I'm actually living it as we speak, and I'm going to continue to live it until I go to bed. And then I would love to hear yours if you're cool with that. My most hated moment in sports is what's happening right now. I'm watching a Golden State game at Golden State. It's around 10 points, give or take. You know, Golden State obviously is winning. They're not pulling away enough where I can just go to sleep. But they're they're not falling behind. And I have done this, Brian, at least 30 times in my life where I'll turn on the Golden State game in the fourth quarter, and it's like six or eight points, and I will just cheer my heart out for the other team. And Golden State will point – they will find a way to win at the end, or they'll just break away and win by 12. And either way, I am so upset with the 30 minutes of life I won't get back because I watched Golden State play out the fourth with just the hope that they would lose. And I'm doing it again. It's like a drug. It's like I I don't know if I've ever – I've definitely disliked teams more than Golden State. But there's something about them that just – it just annoys me so much. I, I just don't like anything about the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I, I, that, that's, my that's definitely a good one. Yeah, and I no, I, I love it. I I think that uh, the Warriors are definitely a team that, man, I mean they are so easy to hate. Draymond Green especially is incredibly easy to hate. I uh, really really can't stand that guy. Like that just oh, it's the worst. Um, I could just go on and on about about him specifically, but yeah, that ha- look it, it happens and you watch it. You watch because it's fun. Like, if it is going to happen, it's great. And, like, this year, getting to watch Houston do it was amazing. So, I guess I don't get that upset because I know that they're going to win, they, you know, in most of those situations. But I'm definitely hoping that they will, will lose. Um, well, and it, it's fun. Uh, I do My agree with people. Yeah. Well, I, I do agree with what people said where they're, you know, it's, they're not good for basketball. Like, I, well, the way that Curry plays, and I agree, because it's like, it's kind of like with Le'Veon Bell. I'm sure you heard that, where people were like, oh, he's changing the game. Not really, because there, no really other people can do what they're doing. And that's the other thing we didn't talk about. If Cleveland does face Gold State in the finals, then, you know, Curry, Curry ever plays like Curry in the finals. I honestly thought that the 15 finals, him not playing well, was a little overblown. Uh, but not in 16. I mean, he played well in, what, one game, and he played good in game four, and that was it. I mean, he has totally disappeared, and it's hilarious because they would have won that series. We would be living in a world where human beings believe that Steph Curry uh, is as good as LeBron James or better, like better than LeBron James. That's a great way of putting it. It's, it's so true. Uh, it's, that, that's, it's really funny, but it, it's it's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah, Steph Curry is – that's the other thing that is amazing. And But what you said is true. It's so simple. You know, if if Steph Curry – I hate the guy, but if Steph Curry plays great, yeah, with, with, with the rest of the talent on that team, they're going to they're gonna beat the Cavs. It, it is what it is. I love, Le, I love LeBron. They're gonna, the talent is too good um, because, you know, they, they still have some depth. And – 
it's you know possible as as you know situations change and, and, and guys are owed more money that you may actually see you know as early as next season that team is just almost all veteran minimum players with the exception of their big four. So then it'll be different, but for for now at least they have a great backup point guard in John Livingston who. When he shoots those mid-range jump shots, the you can't let him get there. If he's there and he puts it up, he's making it. Uh, not 100% of the time, just, you know, like 80% of the time. <laughs> I mean, it, so you can't uh, – got to be cognizant of him. Obviously, Andre Iguodala. Imagine that this team, current team they have without those two guys. This team that already lost Harrison Barnes and Andrew Bogut, not just Harrison Barnes, considering who the, it was kind of drafted and replaces them. You don't worry about it. But Bogut, some impact there, possibly. Uh, Leandro Barbosa was pretty good last year, too, and he left. But Ian Clark's been pretty good. They they find a way, ultimately. They find a way. So, um, yeah. Life finds uh, a way, Jurassic Park. Sure. I've never seen Jurassic Park, so I can't uh, can't help you out with Dude, that. Dude, there's no way. I haven't. That's not true. I've not. Well, what's the odds yeah. that you're going to see it the next time we do this, before we do this podcast again? I would say there's. Very minimal chance. <laughs> I'm too busy, and, I and can't if, believe. I haven't watched Jurassic Park, if I haven't watched Jurassic Park in 30 years, I'm not opposed to watching it. You're right, I probably should. There's others. I'm not going to, you know, you could turn into another podcast if you want to hear some more skeletons. i got some other skeletons in my closet in terms of things I haven't seen. But that is, you know, yeah, I mean, whatever. It, 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 at some point, I'm willing to Well, the, the I'm thing is to now, I think if you saw it now, it wouldn't mean as much, not nearly as much. But it's still a good movie. Like, I think it, you would still enjoy it. It just wouldn't be my experience when I watch it. But that's okay. That's fine. That would be perfectly fine. That's so. crazy. Well, right, we're well. going to leave it at that. But we have, to, we have to revisit that at some point. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. All right, that was that. Uh, so. It was good. It was good. Uh, thank you to anyone that was that, that is still listening at this point. If you are, great. If you're not, it's okay, too. Um, but, yeah, we uh, we definitely need to come up with a name. That's going to be important. Uh, so we'll try to do that here pretty soon. But uh, it was a good time. We, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to another big Cavs game Saturday night. The San Antonio Spurs come to Cleveland. We'll see how the Cavs perform uh, against the second-best team in the West. And uh, a lot of exciting stuff. So uh, that's it for me, Mr. Diardo. You have a great, uh, great evening, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Y'all be good. See you later.